0: Welcome into the Snapped Podcast. My name is Tyler Kluber, and I'm a former Division I athlete turned entrepreneur. I run my own fitness and nutrition coaching business, as well as a sports media brand that produces podcasts, sells merchandise, and creates exclusive paid content. The fun part is I don't really know what I'm doing as a business owner. I'm just figuring it out day by day. This show, Snapped, acts as an audio journal for my thoughts and ideas on fitness, health, business, mindset, and whatever else I find important on the pursuit to personal happiness and a balanced life. I hope you can take something from the show that makes your life a little bit better. And regardless, I'm just happy you're here. Let's have a day. Let's go. All right, Snap Podcast, welcome in. No personal stuff today. Only want to do a quick plug for myself, uh, cause it's my podcast and that's how things go. Before we jump into the series that we're going to begin this year with, how do we live our best life with sleep in 2024 with nutrition in 2024 exercise? I'm thinking maybe supplements is going to have to be its own quick podcast uh, in this series. And then if there's more than four, which there may be, Right now, I'm just thinking those four topics, those four areas, we will do them. The goal with this is to draw people in. I plan to maybe for the first time ever post, uh, well, no, I posted a a couple weeks back, but uh, actually promote this little series that I do on my social media. If you're listening to this, there's a decent, better than average chance that you are listening to the Snap podcast for the first time. So welcome in. This podcast episode specifically, hopefully, will sound a little bit more polished than the uh, the, the normal week to week episode that you're gonna get here at uh, at this solo venture. This is not the washed up walk-ons if you're uh, a normal listener of that. This is something entirely different. It is It is literally just a weekly outlet for me to express my thoughts within the fitness and nutrition world and it is that with that um i i'm glad you're here uh it obviously means you're interested in the topic at hand and by reading the title you know that the first episode in the series is going to be about nutrition nutrition generally not fun not sexy not something that when you're doing it correctly and in pursuit of your goals is going to be easy or without bumps in the road or temptation. And I wanted to start us here mostly because the average person out there, and that's what this series is built for, how do we give the most broad and general advice that could help the most amount of people, the average person that would be listening to this in 2024? um, How do we give them the best advice when it comes to diet? diet being first one because most people are are probably going to be interested in the exercise episode of the series i'm going to make that last right i'm going to i'm going to lead i'm going to put the carrot out there on a stick a little bit hey listen to the other episodes as well exercise is important most of you want to lose weight and look better right i want to look better i'm happy with where my weight's at but we all basically want to look better when it comes to fitness and health Obviously, feeling better is a large part of that as well. There is nothing that you can pull on more as a lever in your life than the nutritional aspect, your diet, your food, the stuff that you put in your mouth when it comes to that pursuit of looking and feeling better. I don't need to back that up by any science. It is universally known within the health space that nutrition is going to get you 80% 80% of the way there. Um, so we're gonna start with the nutrition episode. And <clears throat> excuse me, I've been going through a little bit of a cough, so we'll try to avoid that as well. Uh, the sleep episode that we do for this is gonna be great. The exercise episode that we do for this is gonna be great. The supplements will be a nice little bonus as well. I'm telling you right now, if you take anything away from this, it's the food. It's the food that we put in our bodies, and hopefully we can get that across in the next 15 minutes. I tell my clients all the time, shout out to TKG Training, by the way, the uh, TKG Training, you can sign up for those daily workouts, or you could uh, work with me on a one-on-one basis. Those are the clients I'm referencing. That our philosophy as humans should be eat to live, not live to eat. And I don't remember where I heard that. It's obviously a catchy little cliche phrase. But it's so so true, and as I'll get to here in a little bit, the way that our society has evolved completely strays away from this this principle. And I get it; it's just the way you know we've we've advanced that far as humans, where we aren't starving anymore. We aren't hunter gatherers, um, but that has its consequences, and we have to be able to deal with that and actively deal with that, preferably instead of retroactively. Nutrition, as I said, is going to make up, again, let's let's stick with the general theme of, hey, most people want to lose weight. It is going to be 80% of you losing weight. And the the reason is, and many of you have probably recognized this or found this out at some point in your Fitness journey, however uh, brief or expanded it's been, calorie manipulation is how we lose or add weight to our body. We are able to consume vast, vast more amounts of calories than we're able to burn off when it comes to the same time frame. Okay, so you think about it: an hour workout. There's some. Uh, there's some debate here, but just for fun's sake, let's say you can burn uh, uh, 10 calories a minute. That would be extreme. That probably has happened for some people before. High intensity workouts, people who are more fit, generally, could maybe get there. Most people know, but just for a number's sake, let's say you could burn 10 calories a minute. And that works out to an, an hour long workout if you go for an hour long run, or you do an hour class at the YMCA or something. And you burn 600 calories. You just put in a ton of work, so much work to burn off those 600 calories. And then you go home, and you know you make dinner. That you're winding down for the day, and you go to have little, a little treat. You go to have a a ice cream, pint of ice cream. Go take a look at your average pint of ice cream. Your average pint of Ben and Jerry's. Many of those pints will feature in that just that singular pint, double the amount. Of calories that you burned in that one hour so if you eat half of that pint and get 600 calories of food how long is that gonna take you 15 minutes I know it I'll I'll tell you this it takes me about six minutes to do it because I'm an ice cream fiend okay so the way we can manipulate calories with our mouth and our stomach is a whole lot more um, there's there's more room to pull from there and with the ability to burn them off through exercise, uh, especially because exercise, whole other thing here, but the direct dedicated workout that you do each day or exercise that you do is max, max 20% of the calories that your body's actually going to burn in a day. You're just handicapped. Okay. A good example of this would be uh, a personal anecdote from 2018. Take you back. Okay my football career ends. I was trying to go to the NFL. I had to get really big for that, right? I put on 30 pounds of pretty shitty weight back in the spring of 2018 from January to March. I went from 215 pounds to 243 pounds, uh, that March, April, the NFL didn't want me, my football career ends. I don't want to be 243 pounds. And I happen to know all the things that I'm telling you. I have a background in Uh, exercise science. I have multiple nutrition certifications, um, and it's basically the only content I consume on a daily basis ever uh, for the past 10 years. So I know that, um, oh, caveat. At the time, I had a, a slight tear in my knee that I did not know about. I knew my knee hurt, and I knew that I was going to rest that entire summer and not do any working out. Now, if you know me. Uh, Today, you must, uh, you, you should be able to imagine how hard that was for me, but literally for May, June, July, August, September, October, and half of November, I did not exercise. Six, seven months, whatever that is. In that time, my body weight went from 243 pounds to 202 pounds. I lost 41 pounds exclusively through diet manipulation, no training, no training. Now, some of that was muscle, of course, uh, which is fine. Most of it was body fat. And I was a little bit of an inflated case where I had been eating everything I could just to pack that weight on. So some of it just would have come off naturally. But it's an example of how you don't need exercise at all to lose weight. You You can exclusively do it through diet manipulation. Which is why this is so important the biggest factor with weight loss is going to be calorie restriction okay you are trying to put yourself in a place where you are eating less calories than you burn all right pretty simple pretty simple think of yourself as a car with fuel in it okay the food is the fuel the gas if that car drives around all day your body And, uh, you start with a full tank and this analogy gets a little bit blurry, but you start with a full tank you drive around all day and you used half the tank and you now refuel your car with more than a half tank of gas. Go to the other side of the analogy. You've, uh, filled yourself back up with more than you burned. That fuel has to go somewhere in a gas tank it would overflow and just come out of your the side of your car in our bodies we shovel it into fat storage and that is how we gain weight or if you're uh providing the right stim- stimulus to your body through weight training through exercise it turns into muscle mass okay so sometimes we can actually use it for good on the other hand other the other side of that let's say you go um You know, you run the the tank half half full by the end of the day, and you only fill up with a quarter tank the next morning. Now you're working with a three quarters tank going into day two. You do the same thing. Day three, you have half a tank. That tank now represents, in this analogy, your fat storage. You are burning fat. Your body is going to have to, uh, at some point, pull from your current fat storages for energy, for more fuel to keep that tank full. That is how we lose weight. Okay. Pretty simple. Um, The how much your body is burning. Again, that whole manipulating it with exercise thing. There's multiple factors uh, to that equation of how you're burning calories. It's a little bit more complicated. We'll talk a little bit about it at the end. But that is why nutrition is so important because we know exactly how much calories we put into our body. It's pretty easy to track, right? All diets – Every single one work because they are in a mechanism of restriction. Okay, doesn't matter. Give me a diet. I'll explain to you why it works because of the ultimate end uh, result. It's restricting calories for you. Couple examples: carnivore, popular in the last couple years. Carnivore works because you're only eating meat. Try and go eat uh, a thousand. Calories of most meats, right? You might be able to get it done with a big fatty ribeye steak, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to eat that much meat. And if you're choosing leaner meats, something like chicken or pork or fish, please go attempt to eat, just try it one day. I mean, it's not going to kill you. Try to eat only chicken breast on a single day. See how many calories you can rack up. I'm willing to bet you couldn't get to 1500. And you would be full, full, similar sort of thing with, uh, uh, with fruits or vegetables. Please try and eat 1500 or 2000 calories of fruits and vegetables in a day and tell me how full you are. And you'd lose weight because you'd be under the amount of calories that you were burning. That's how diets work. It could be carnivore. It could be paleo. Paleo is a diet where you're eating. Um, I'm not well-versed in it. But it's essentially wiping out all processed foods. So anything that grows, you can eat it. Great. Processed foods are built, engineered to make you hungrier, to not fill you up, to make you crave more, more times throughout the day. It is eliminating the excess eating, paleo, that is, because it's taking away processed foods, it's restricting your hunger thereby restricting the total calories that you eat. Same thing with intermittent fasting, which doesn't really play with the actual foods. It plays with the timing. It restricts your total calories because it cuts out a complete meal or more for most people. It's just harder naturally to eat the same amount of calories in two meals as it is in three or four. If you restrict yourself to an eight-hour window, your body is not going to retain the same amount of hunger collectively, um, that you would for your normal eating window, 12, 14 hours in that eight hour span. So you're just normally going to eat less. We're restricting calories. That's why diets work. They're all tribal ways of just structuring that restriction principle to different people. And for some reason, some diets click with some people, some click with another, That's why you get people who argue, this is the best, this is the best. It's just whatever makes sense in each person's mind, and that's different for everybody. The overall concept, the overall mechanism stays the same. You might even find success with some of those diets. My advice, don't just adhere to one of those diets unless you really truly believe you can sustain that for a lifelong thing. You you shouldn't be testing diets or trying out ways of eating. Unless you feel that um, they're really lifelong sustainable. Because the minute you get off that diet, the minute you stop restricting in the way that you're restricting, you're going to go back to where you were before and your body will follow. The better route is to figure out a way to allow every food or drink or calorie into your diet pizza, ice cream, cookies, fast food, alcohol, but in moderation. Learn how to drink and eat those things at the right time in the right amounts. So here we are 17 minutes into the podcast. What is the easiest way to do this in 2024? Where have we landed here? I'm going to try and give you my structure. This is what I work with my clients with on a daily, weekly basis. We hammer these same things over and over and over again. Of course, having the one-on-one accountability uh, helps someone to answer to. But the very first rule that I have is you need to lead with protein. Okay. And I'm not going to go down a macronutrient lesson here. Although I could for an hour, we could talk about the proteins, the carbs, the fats, the alcohol, how many calories each of those have, how they affect the body, yada, yada, how they're turned into energy or not, how they're processed in the kidneys, yada, yada, yada. Know this protein is going to be the one macronutrient that isn't that your body is not trying to use for fuel. It is for repair and recovery. We know, everybody knows that protein is used to repair the muscles, but it's not just the muscles. It's the hair, the skin, the nails, the connective tissue in our body and our joints. Protein is 99.9% of the time going to be used for good or it will be excreted in your urine. Simple as that. So we want to lead with protein because not only is it good for all those things, not only with the correct exercise protocol is it being used to turn into muscle, which is metabolically healthy, the tissue that we want on our body, the most positive tissue that we can have, but it also, as I mentioned before, is a satiating macronutrient. Please try and eat 2,000 calories of fish in a single day. It's, it's impossible. Or or chicken breast or any of these things. So it fills us up. It does great for our bodies. And by proxy, it takes up more of the percentage of the pie chart between fats, proteins, and carbs. um, The more you eat, therefore leaving less room that you're hungry for, that you're craving to fill with sugars and fats, carbs and fats. Um, it's pretty, That that is the reasoning why behind protein is so important. And the recommendation, though it is very hard to get, it is doable. I do it every single day. I can show you I've tracked the last year of my protein. Um, and I've been tracking 80% of my days since 2015. Uh, I average currently, I think it's 213 grams of protein a day. I'm 200, uh, well, 197 pounds is my body weight You should be aiming for one gram of protein per pound of your goal body weight every single day so if you're 300 plus pounds and you're a dude you're a big dude and you're like i can't get 300 plus grams of protein which that would be very difficult but you're trying to get to like 220 or maybe 200 someday as a long-term body weight goal then you should be aiming for 200. men generally my my advice unless you're a very small man you're, you know you're somewhere down in the 135 range, 140, 150. I think every man should be getting 150 grams plus per day. This becomes even more important as you age. By the way, won't get super deep into that either. And for a woman, I think 100 grams is that bare minimum. It's hard to do again because it's satiating. There's not a ton of sources, and it's just not as fun. You're going to be eating the same stuff over and over again, and that's okay because meals should be boring 90% of the time. It's a it's it's this it's the old adage same shit different day. You have to realize that we're living in an anciently designed body within modern times. What does that mean? The reality is that we are not built biologically to have such wildly available access relative to both speed and quantity when it comes to the calories and the, uh, you know, the, the food in today's society. We used to live in the jungles, in the deserts, in the forests, in the plains, where there were no Starbucks or McDonald's or Chick Fil A's, or WalMarts or Targets or, you name it, Whole Foods on the corner, every corner. There were no drive-throughs. The food that we ate, we had to work for, and it wasn't processed there was no sugars or fats or other chemicals preservatives added to it to make us hungrier it's why heart disease and obesity is only a uh, uh, epidemic of the last let's call it 100 years oddly that lines up with the industrialization process of our food and the fast food industry it is the modern day problem that we have to deal with actively You're not just going to get around it. You are a part of the matrix. And if you don't actively work against it, you are fucked. Not to make this uh, rated R podcast, but that is just the way it is. The industry has outpaced our body, but more importantly, our brain. Because you can beat it with your brain if you're smart enough. And plenty of people are. There's plenty of people walking around that are not overweight or obese. They're super healthy. Blood markers are great. They've got a six pack abs. Fortunately, I'm one of them and it feels awesome. You have to be able to realize that food is not for entertainment or pleasure. 90, 95% of the time schedule a cheat meal. I do it every week. For those that know me, it's Culver Sunday, Sunday Culver's. We head over to the Culver's. I get myself a triple butter burger with cheese, hot fudge Sunday, some cheese curds. And even then I structure the rest of my day so that my total caloric intake for that day is still less than I burned. And you can do that. You can cheat here and then have snacks here and there when you've mastered the caloric balance, right? Water-wise, we should be getting 0.5 ounces of water per body pound of body weight each day. Example, again, I'm 197, let's call me 200 pounds. I aim to get hundred ounces of water, half of your body weight, in water ounces per day again that gets really hard for big guys or big you know big people in general if you're up in the two 250 300 range yeah your water's now approaching you know that that 125 to 150 ounces a day reality is is we need it our bodies need it to to <laughs> hydration is so important in so many of the processes of our body um not to mention eating and sleep energy and so many other things um and overall let's just be smart and eat foods that make you feel good okay uh the other foods that we should be eating other than the protein let's talk about it quick it's very simple again a lot of the same stuff day after day after day potatoes but not french fries okay not not like uh, a baked potato with a pound of butter and sour cream. No, I'm talking just like bake your potato or air fry it. Try and prepare it in the most healthy way. Rice, brown rice or white rice, don't get caught up in which one's better. It doesn't really matter. They're both good. Pasta, occasionally, not in large amounts. And be careful with the salt, so- The sauces. Fruit and vegetables, eat as many as you want. They are a carb, but because it takes a little bit more to eat fruits and vegetables than it does a, a Twinkie, or a, uh, a Laffy Taffy. There's a little bit of a difference of how our bodies interact with that and the work we have to do to get those calories. So, you know, easy potatoes, rices, some pastas, little bit of starch, okay? Fruits and vegetables. Eat nuts and seeds. Those are good for you. That's about it. Protein sources. Fish, chicken, beef, all the meats, right? Turkey, bison, elk steak, tuna, whatever you want it to be, right? All the meats, all the animals. Of course, there's some people out there that will disagree with that. Outside of that, it's pretty limited. Dairy products, cheeses, yogurt, Greek yogurt specifically, milk, cottage cheese, eggs, probably some stuff I'm forgetting. Uh, Advice would be that you need to probably add, if you're really going to buckle down on this, you, you probably need to add a protein shake to your day, whether that's a ready to drink shake. My favorite brand is lean body muscle milks are good too. Those are more expensive or get yourself a big bag or tub of protein powder and have one, one of those shakes a day. It's a, it's an extra 25, 30, sometimes 40 grams of protein that you can get in those things. That's going to help you towards your goal. I personally do one every afternoon. In fact, I'll do one right after this podcast. Lead with protein. Not only in building your meals, again, because of that satiety factor, but when you're eating your meals, try and eat the protein first. This is just a little like a uh, very specific hack. The regulation of blood sugar very important. keeping blood sugar spikes down. Eating protein in your meal first, followed by the carbs on your plate will help manage those spikes. Just a quick tip. And uh, we'll finish with this. And this goes way over the head. So up into this point in the podcast, everything i've said that is your blueprint for 2024 it's very simple the food lists are short dm me if you want a little literal list of of foods that i give my clients um when they ask for it. this part right here that i'm about to explain is where it gets a little bit muddy there's a little bit of math involved a little bit more nuance and detail um and this is, what the, this is what really people sign up for when it comes to nutrition counseling. I'm going to explain the process. I'm not going to go super deep. Many of you will not understand this. If you have to, listen twice, three times, four times before this makes sense. Write it all down. Write the process down. This is how you find how many calories you're burning. We talked about just now how many calories you should, uh, how many calories you should be eating, right? Less than you're burning. To find how many calories you're eating, that's very fairly simple. You go to a MyFitnessPal, uh, which is part of this process here, and you just type in the, the the exact foods. They they have every restaurant, every brand of food, everything out there. It's all in their system. You weigh it out, measure it. Takes a little bit of extra time, I know. Tough. Again, the uh, the nuance of the modern world, right? But here is how you do a running self-study on how to lose weight or gain weight and how you can track your metabolism against your body weight and against how much you're bringing in calorie-wise, okay? Quick, as quick as I can be, as succinct as I can be here. You're gonna track your food. You're gonna start step one by tracking your food meticulously, as, as close as you can. There's always gonna be mistakes, measuring errors, all this stuff. Sometimes you're gonna have to guess, but as meticulously as you can for four weeks, 28 days, track your food in the MyFitnessPal app. After four weeks, you can go back through it. It, take, it saves and logs your whole calendar every day that you ever track. You're going to go back through those 28 days at the bottom of the screen. Actually, it might be at the top of the screen. It's going to give you how many calories you had each day. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're going to add up an average all of those 28 days. Okay. So let's say you, you know, for, for example's sake, after 28 days, you figure out that you average 2,700 calories a day. Awesome. You're going to take that number and that is data set data point one throughout those four weeks. At the very beginning day one, you're going to take a body weight in the morning after you go to the bathroom with a standard amount of clothes on, right? So whether that's in your underwear or naked or whatever you want to do. But standardize that every time you you do your body weight, and you're going to track your body weight in these same four weeks that you're tracking your food. So, for example, say I wake up and I'm 197 on day one. Okay, I eat 2,700 calories a day. Figure that out through the the uh, the app over the course of four weeks. And in four weeks, on that next Monday, start of week five, I take my body weight and I'm 200 pounds. I've gained three pounds. Okay maybe you lost three pounds too. This can go either way. You're going to take the number that you gained or lost. In my case, it's three. And you're going to times that by 3,500. 3,500 is the number of calories in one pound. All right. So three pound gain for me, or it could be a three pound loss either way. You're going to times it by 3,500. In my case, that would be 10,500 calories. And you're going to, to divide that total calorie number by the number of days that we just tracked. That's representing the amount of caloric energy that we've added to our body in a specific time frame. In this case, 28 days. Divide by 28. And that will give you the daily number of, in my case, for the example, surplus calories that I was eating or It could be the daily number of deficit calories that you were eating. So uh, I'll do the math quick on my phone. 10,500 divided by 28. In this example, I would have been eating in a 375 calorie surplus each day. Okay. This is our working number. We go back to our daily average. I was eating 2,700 calories. I just did the math and I know. That I was eating in a 375 calorie surplus, meaning that my maintenance, what would have kept me at the exact same weight for those four weeks is 2,700 minus 375. That was 375 over what I should have been eating to maintain my weight. In the other example, it could be that I was eating 375 calories less than I needed to maintain my weight. And now you have to decide and kind of look back at your main goal for what you're trying to do. Are you trying to lose weight? In most cases? Yes. So we need to get to a deficit number. If you found yourself with a surplus number, then the amount that you're going to have to change your daily intake by that 2,700 number in this example is more. If you're already in a deficit after that calculation and you lost a pound or two over those 28 days, great. Keep eating what you want to eat or increase that deficit by eating a few less calories per day on average, and you should continue to see the scale go down. But this has given you <clears throat> your BMR, your ba- your basal metabolic rate, how much your body is burning each day. In my case, 2,700 minus the 375-calorie surplus would put me at a 2300 and 25 calorie BMR, that's low uh, relative to real numbers, but in this case, that's that's what it is. Your body is burning at this point in time during this four month four uh, week period a, a basal metabolic rate of three uh, 2,325 calories. That is flexible. That is a fluid number. You can affect that number by eating more and by working out more, by eating less and working out less, by adding muscle to your body all these different things. And you have to just, the way I do it, and this is just the way I do it, is you you do, you go every four weeks and you can continue to track. And hey, maybe you, uh, maybe you continue to eat this way, right? Maybe you stay at 2,700. In theory, if your basal metabolic rate stays the same, you would gain another three pounds in four weeks. But what if in four weeks you don't gain three pounds? What if you're still 200 pounds? Well, now you know, after gaining no weight in that second four week period that your body has actually increased its burn rate to match your intake. That is how metabolism works. It can increase, it can decrease. In which case, if you were someone who was continually wanting to gain weight, you would have to increase the calories, you'd have to go up to 28, 29, maybe 3000 calories. In my personal case, doing this for the last six months, um, before I got injured. I was all the way up to 4,200 calories necessary to continue to add muscle to my body. That's how high my metabolism was, somewhere around 3,700, 3,800 calories of BMR. Other people are on the other side of that. They're crashed. They don't eat a lot of food. They don't move a lot. And their metabolism has driven them way down into the 1,500 range, sometimes worse. And that's what we work on in kind of try to fix with a lot of the one-on-one clients, but that is how you track your BMR. That's how you find out the other number that's relevant when you're trying to figure out, am I eating in a surplus or a deficit? Hopefully this all made sense. Hopefully you guys got something out of this. Uh, Probably one of the more detailed, prepared for podcasts I've ever done. And the next three podcasts will be similar to this. Uh, A lot of information. If you have any questions, just ask me. If you're interested in one-on-one training, ask me. If you want to sign up for daily workouts for less than a dollar a day, that will get you in great shape. Really, just world-class fitness for just having a dumbbell and yourself and 30 minutes at home. Uh, TKG training you can find that at tylerclover.com. Thank you for joining me for the Live Your Best Life Nutrition Edition 2024. We'll be back next week with supplements and then sleep. And finally, with exercise, very excited to continue this series. Thank you for joining. We'll talk to you next week. Until then, peace.